Hello to my listeners. This is Pastor Randy Starkey. I did these teachings on the end times and the return of Christ in several series several years ago when I was pastoring at Victory Church in Peavely, Missouri. One third of the Bible is prophecy, so we really need to be familiar with it, especially as it relates to our soon coming future. Although a few of my comments in some of these messages may be a bit dated, and a few of my ideas are still developing, the truth of God's Word never changes. And there are at least three things that I remain strongly convinced of. All three of these I will touch on in these messages. So number one is this. The prophecies concerning the first coming of Christ were fulfilled literally in real life and in real time. So I have no doubt the prophecies concerning the end times and the second coming of Christ will be fulfilled in exactly the same way in real life and in real time as the Bible describes. I believe it is a huge mistake to spiritualize away end time prophecy. The books of Daniel and Revelation are for sure filled with symbolism, but those symbols represent real events that are going to happen in real time. And it's all getting closer. And number two, I believe God's people will be raptured, caught up to be with the Lord before God's wrath is poured out on the terrible sin and evil in our world. 1 Thessalonians 1.10 says Jesus delivers us, not just protects us, delivers us from God's wrath to come. However, I don't believe that will exempt us from Satan's wrath and persecution of true believers and the revealing of Antichrist before the rapture happens. That persecution and pressure we are actually beginning to see happen even now. That is why Jesus said things like we must endure to the end, be ready, watch and pray, don't be deceived, and that we must be about our Father's business and not draw back. And then finally, number three is this. God is not done with Israel. Jesus was Jewish. God loves the Jewish people and the land of Israel. When Jesus returns, that's actually where he's going to land, on the Mount of Olives. There's much to say about Israel and the Middle East, and all of that is coming very fast. And so, I, as I said, I will cover all three of these points in these messages. And these are things that we need not be afraid of when we have surrendered our heart and life to Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and we're walking close to Him. We have His direction, His guidance, His love, His grace, His power. And the Bible even says, look up, for your redemption draws nigh. However, in these days, we all need to be walking really close to Jesus. And let me say a word to any of you listening today that maybe you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. 
Maybe you've even been hurt in church, or maybe it's been all religion to you. Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. And Jesus wants you to know him. He is the only way to have your sins forgiven. He is the only way that you can get to heaven. None of us can be good enough on our own. He is the only way to really experience victory in your life and be prepared for eternity. He left heaven, came to earth, gave his life on the cross for you, shed his blood for you that you could be saved and be forgiven. The Bible says there's no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. He's the true Savior. So I pray you will open your heart to him, receive him as your Lord and Savior. Allow him to forgive your sins so that you can be ready when he returns. It's really not a pretty picture and there is much to be afraid of because God is God and sin must be dealt with. And so without Jesus, we really are in a world of hurt. So open your heart to him today. Hey, a good way to find out more about that, just go over to our church, Victory Church here in Peavely. And uh, uh, they have an awesome, uh, Pastors Dan and Paige Lord are doing a great job. There's an awesome little book there you can pick up free called Fresh Start. It will give you everything that you need to get you going on your walk with Jesus. So all of this is why we must not only be saved, but be spiritually strong, awake, alert, and serving God. That's why I did these teachings. We have to stay strong in Jesus to know what's coming soon in the end times. And like Noah built the ark to the saving of his household, we must stay close to Jesus in the building of his church because the gates of hell will not prevail against his church. And that is our forever family. So listen carefully and then check it all out in the Bible for yourself. God's love and blessings to each of you as you dive into these teachings. Amen. So this is my last night on Daniel. And so you can enjoy a little that spring weather next Thursday. <laughs> but um, we want to uh, kind of wrap up this book. Very interesting, very wonderful book. I did put a kind of a visual on the board here to try a particularly, uh, you know, one of the most interesting things in Daniel is Daniel's 70th week and the, the uh, prophecy of the 77s. And so this is kind of a visual picture of that. Remember that uh, the years, this is seven sevens and this is 62 sevens, you know, which adds up to 483, but don't forget those are Jewish years. So uh, this is actually a Gregorian date because our, our calendar today is Gregorian, not Jewish. So you have to interpolate that slightly. But, um, and then of course we are not told how long the church age is. You know, I mean, that, that's not something that is included uh, anywhere in the book of Daniel. And actually, to be honest, there's no numbers given on that anywhere, not only in the book of Daniel, but really in the Bible. We're only given prophetic signs, you know, and of course, that gets really developed in some of the Gospels and uh, some of Paul's letters, and particularly the Apostle John's um, book of Revelation. But... Uh, 
And of course, this is where, where um, uh, you know, back here is, is Israel's decline and all that. So anyway, I'll, I'll, re, I'll refer to that a little bit more a little bit later. But um, let's pray. Ask the Lord to bless our final class, all right? Father, thank you tonight for your presence, Lord. I thank you for my brothers and sisters, Lord. And, and we're here to learn and grow in you spiritually. And I know one of the things we've learned in this book that, Lord, you can give us wisdom and you can give us revelation by the Holy Spirit. It can't come by natural means. And so we ask, Lord, tonight that you would impart to us wisdom and revelation and understanding. Give us open hearts, Lord, to hear what the Spirit is saying to us tonight, that we might grow and become all you want us to be, Lord, and have understanding, Father, in these last days. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so what I want to do just as I begin tonight is just review a little bit and uh, just cover just some key thoughts that, uh, in summary, all right, of what we've kind of really learned uh, from the book of Daniel. Remember in the very beginning, we talked about how Daniel and his friends were being prepared. So one of the things that Daniel teaches us is there's always a time where God is preparing you for what you are to be and do in life. So don't get um, nervous. Don't get anxious. Don't get impatient. Don't get discouraged. Don't give up. Don't quit. You know, God always takes you through different things and walks you through different stages to prepare you for more of his fullness that he wants to do in and through your life. And we saw that in, with Daniel there, particularly in chapter 1 and the uh, Hebrew children. Second thing that we really see in the book of Daniel is that God does want us to have spiritual vision. And he wants us to have spiritual wisdom. And, and dreams and visions are not uh, just something that come from pizza. Now, there are a few people that I've met that have pizza dreams and visions, but there is a real application of dreams and visions in the Bible and that, the, that really we can't fully understand life. We can't fully even do in life what God wants us to do unless we are what the Bible calls led by the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Spirit can release gifts. He can release revelation. He can release understanding. A good chapter, if you want to just meditate on this, is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, where it says the natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness unto him. But those of us that are, are spiritual and mature, we know that those things, that spiritual revelation gives us wisdom from God. So uh, that's another thing we look from, we, we've learned from the book of Daniel. It also, that highlights, by the way, the importance of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because the baptism in the Holy Spirit really opens up the realm of greater things in the Spirit of God. And uh, can really, uh, the largest churches in the world today are Spirit-filled churches. And there's a reason for that. Because God's power, God's revelation, strength and encouragement, all that gets released that way. And so... Um, uh, visions, dreams, revelation, those are important things we need to understand do come from God. Also, there's two realms of that. One, it's for yourself. You know, in other words, Daniel was very concerned about the Jewish people. And a lot of the visions and, and, um, and revelations that he received uh, had application, um, how would you, how did I say it, near, near time-wise. Uh, you know, either in his lifetime or not too far after it. And so... Um, uh, you know, God can give us wisdom and revelation and vision and dreams that relate to our life or very close to that in time. But also, there's an aspect we see here in receiving visions. And actually, chapter 12 is the most powerful chapter for this, where the Lord actually told Daniel, Daniel, seal up the vision, 
It's for the time of the end. And really, I'll guarantee you, we're getting more out of chapter 12 than Daniel ever got out of it. In fact, he even says in the chapter he didn't fully understand it. But now, now that we're all the way in the New Testament age, Jesus has come, and we have the book of Revelation also, Daniel 12 is a whole lot more meaningful. So really, it was sealed up for us. So Daniel actually ministered to you and I. And one of the things you got to understand about spiritual wisdom and revelation is not all just for you. It can be for your kids. It can be for your friends. It can be for your family. And you may not see totally the fruit of everything that God will do in you and through you in your own lifetime. So really, sometimes what God wants to do through us and in us is for the sake of others that are coming after us, okay? So that's two different aspects of of uh, visions, dreams, and revelation. It's, it's for ourselves, yes, but also God uses it to minister to others. Then we saw there's always a testing. As God prepares you, you will always have some times of testing. Testing and temptation kind of go together, and God wants you, all of us, to pass the tests, you know? And uh, he's, God is most interested. Of all, he's, he's, let me just say this. He's more interested, first of all, in your character than he is in what he's going to give you to do. Okay, he really wants you to become like Christ, and that's very important to him. So Daniel and the Hebrew children, we know, were tested. They had to stand for the Lord and, um, you know, had to be true to the Lord and have good character. And so there will be testing. So don't, don't, I mean, uh, you know, realize, (laughs) how many of you ever heard this before? This is a test. (laughs) You know, (laughs) that might be the most... um, the only meaning to something that happens in your life at, at some something, you know, it might mean absolutely nothing other than this is a test. <laughs> so um, ask God to strengthen you and you'll, you'll pass those tests. Then we also saw, um, as we moved on, we saw a great revelation about the time of the Gentiles. We began to understand a little bit how God chose the nation of Israel, wanted to reveal his glory through Israel, and uh, but they kind of failed the test and didn't fully serve God. So God raised up the Gentile nations, you know, and Israel, first they became a divided kingdom. Then they went totally into captivity. And so we saw that awesome statue vision and we learned about uh, the time of the Gentiles. And, um, and then we also saw other prophecies of, you know, what, it, what was going to happen to Israel in the near time. And then we began to see some prophecies about what would happen to Israel in the end time. And remember how we said, God is not done with his chosen nation. Okay, he's not done. He's going to move another time in Israel. And, he is, and here's what's going to happen. Israel is going to understand that Jesus is their Messiah. That's what's going to happen. You know, all this time. And really, of course, if a Jewish uh, guy or gal gets born again right now, he's not only Jewish, but he's also part of what? The church, right? So, you know, uh, but there's a lot of Jewish people that are not going to accept Christ until that time of the end in Daniel's 70th week. But God, is he's not done with them. It, it, read Romans 9 to 11 when you get time. It talks about he has not rejected them forever, okay? He is going to move. And, of course, that doesn't mean that, that, um, that if you're a Jew, you automatically go to heaven. They're still going to have to receive Christ as their Savior, but God's going to move so powerfully in Israel that there'll be multitudes of Jewish people that will recognize. It says they're going to look upon him who they pierced and mourn. They're going to realize that Christ is their Savior. And so, uh, and we saw, and actually, then we saw the whole thing of Antichrist, this coming world ruler. He, in, the book of Daniel is so powerful on this. He's in chapter 7. He's in chapter 8. 
He's in chapter 9, and he's in chapter 11. And that's a lot. You know, four chapters out of 12 that, um, that deal with the whole uh, prophetic revelation of Antichrist. And so I think it's something that, um, you know, that God really wants us to get a hold of. And, of course, we said, you know, a lot of the book of Daniel is pre the book of Revelation. So it's dealing primarily with Israel. But yet we know enough, you know, from the New Testament and the Bible to realize that, that we uh, do fit in this whole picture. But actually us learning how God is dealing with Israel gives us some good insight, you know, into what he's uh, doing in the church also. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, so, which by the way, you, you know, as you, as you look at Israel, you can, you can see, you know, especially if you look at history, you can see how Satan hates the Jews and he hates Israel. You look at Hitler and the, and the, the um, Holocaust. You look at Pharaoh, you know, who didn't want to let the people go. You look at Haman, who tried to, um, you know, exterminate all the Jews. And so Satan hates Israel, and he hates the Jewish people. And the reason is because they're the nation that birthed the Messiah. And, so, and they're also God's chosen nation. Satan hates anything God chooses, anything, okay? But um, when Jesus returns after Daniel's 70th week, okay, this is going to be the second coming. The Jews are going to go through this great tribulation. The rapture, as we said last time, will be in between here somewhere, and we'll deal with that more in Revelation. But uh, we know it can't happen, you know, uh, before that because, you know, we covered some of that the other week. All right. So anyway, and that's really that's really for more <laughs> revelation. But um, so he, uh, uh, you know, he hates the Jewish people and that's because they are they are God's chosen nation. Then really the last kind of the whole the last three chapters of Daniel chapters. Um, uh, well, actually, the last four, nine to twelve. Um, chapter nine has to do with, um, Daniel reading in the book of Jeremiah and how he began to pray when he saw in the Bible, um, some of the things that God, you know, wanted to do. And then also, uh, right immediately after that in chapters 10 to 12 is where he also again began to pray in chapter 10 and, um, then was given the visions of chapters 11 and 12. And um, the real thing I want you to see here, you know, in, in this whole thing of chapters 9 to 12, beyond just the prophecies that we're talking about, is the importance of prayer. You know, when Daniel saw in Jeremiah, he wasn't passive. He didn't think it was just going to happen. What happens, I mean, we have to understand that, that although God has recorded prophecy, our part in it is not guaranteed if we don't seek God. You know, it's, it's like somebody, down, even though the, all the prophecies are written in the Bible, you know, of, of what God wants to do in the last days, but somebody down the street who doesn't accept Christ, who doesn't walk with God, they're not going to experience the blessing of that. And so Daniel, when he saw that God had ordained, you know, 70 years of captivity, he involved himself in prayer and he involved himself in what God wanted to do because he wanted to be part of that. And so um, a little phrase I wrote down that might help you is, um, the result of prophecy should be involvement. The result of prophecy is never just head knowledge to kind of give you a chart. Although I told you how when I first taught the book of Revelation, I said I'd never had a chart, and then I had a chart at the end. <laughs> I made, in fact, in the first week, I made fun of all the guys that had charts. And I got to week 10 of my teaching, and I had a chart. 
I said, now I know how this happens. <laughs> anyway, so, but the result of prophecy should be involvement. So Daniel, he engaged himself in prayer. And um, we also know there in chapter 10 how he prayed and fasted, you know, and he, and he sought God. And um, I just want to emphasize the importance of prayer. I pray a lot for my kids, my family, the church, our nation. Um, you cannot uh, overestimate the power of prayer. They're just mighty. I mean, Daniel, the, the, whole, the, whole, the whole revelation that goes all the way through chapter 12 came as a result of his prayers. So if you want to be in on what God's doing, and you want God's direction and vision and wisdom for your life, okay, uh, both now and into the future, don't forget to pray, okay? And it's one of the reasons why, like I know tomorrow is the National Day of Prayer. I hope you guys come out. There will be many different levels of prayer there. There will be some levels that are higher than others. <laughs> but you got to start somewhere, right? You know, I mean, God loves all his people, and, and uh, so, you know, we're just trying to do what we can to, to bring all the people together and pray. And if some of them are a little bit, don't quite have a certain revelation, we'll just pray that, that all, of, all of you that do have can be an influence, okay? <laughs> so anyway, but, you know, it's, it is important, I think, that God's people come together. And if you, don't, if you don't mingle them, how many of you know you can't rub off on anybody, right? And so, and there's good, good people in God's family all over the place. But anyway, you know, whenever Israel got in, the reason I'm so big on things like the National Day of Prayer and, and, and God's people coming together is every time Israel got in trouble, they would call all of Israel and all of Judah together. Second Chronicles, the story of Jehoshaphat, is one of my favorites. Favorite. They call all of Judah together. Even the little ones, it said, came. You know, I take Yvonne into prayer meetings with me. And they began to pray and seek God. And the Spirit of God started coming. And then there was prophecy. And God gave them wisdom. And you know the story. They went out with praisers, and literally the enemy was defeated. So when we get united prayer going in our nation, for our nation, I'm telling you, it will make a difference, and God will move. And you can apply the same principle in your own personal life. Here in the book of Daniel, we don't, we're not seeing a picture of united prayer like we see in Second Chronicles 20, but we just see one guy praying. And there's a place in Ezekiel where the Lord said, I sought for a man to stand in the gap. You can stand in the gap for your kids. You can stand in the gap for your family. You know, so chapters 9 to 12, although they're full of great prophetic revelation, they're full of great, a wonderful lesson on the power of prayer. All right, now let's go to chapter 12 and pick it up where we left off. And remember, we left it off in chapter 11 where um, we had switched gears from uh, all that was happening there kind of in, in Daniel's time, not quite Daniel's time, but, but the near future after that. And we had switched gears once again to um, Antichrist and to the ruler that would come. And so let's pick it up here and we'll read chapter 12 and uh, then we'll, we'll do some commenting on it, all right? So it says, at that time Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament, 
and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there stood two others, one on this river bank and the other on that river bank. And one said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river, How long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be? Then I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river when he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever that it shall be for a time, times, and half a time. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, all these things shall be finished. Although I heard, I did not understand. Then I said, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many shall be purified, made white, and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand. But the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away and the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. But you go your way till the end, for, till the end, for you shall rest and will arise to your inheritance at the end of the days. So this is the final chapter, and it's the very uh, end here of this uh, vision we had been looking at uh, last week in chapter 11, which began with Daniel uh, praying and spiritual warfare that came out of chapter 10. And so here we have it. Let's pick it up there at verse 1. It says, At that time Michael shall stand up, the great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. Remember how we said Michael is the archangel who specifically watches over Israel, okay? And Gabriel uh, is also here in this chapter. He is the one who's, who's talking here. And um, remember how we talked to Gabriel. You could, I mean, I, I can't give you a definite scripture for this, but um, perhaps Gabriel has more to do with the Gentiles, you know. Uh, Lucifer, we know, is a fallen archangel. Uh, the Bible called him an anointed cherub. And he obviously became Satan. And so, uh, but Michael is going to stand up at this time. So uh, he is going to be there to help Israel. But look what's going on at this time. This is a very powerful statement here. It says, there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that time. Now, that time is referring to the time that the trouble starts. So what he's saying here is the trouble that's going to take place in this time that he's talking about, and we'll see when that is, that the trouble is, is worse than anything that's ever been before. It's worse than anything that's ever been upon the face of the earth. That means worse than the Roman crucifixions, worse than, the, than Nebuchadnezzar throwing people in the fiery furnace. It is, it is worse, whether that means worse in quantity, worse in whatever. I don't know. It's just worse. Okay. So it, it, it obviously is a very trying, uh, some translations say a time of distress, you know, and again, this is primarily dealing with the Jewish people. You know, this is, this is before Jesus has come and before the book of revelation. So obviously this is a very 
troublesome time, and it's why we call it in the Bible, you know, the great tribulation. You know, uh, it's not only a tribulation, but it's, it's the great tribulation. We'll learn a little bit more about the timing of it in a minute. Okay, it says, at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. So this is a reference to the Jewish people being saved at that time. Uh, Romans, I forget the um, reference in chapter 10, but it says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's another uh, there in chapter 10. It says, you know, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be delivered. Actually, the word salvation can mean deliverance. And so this is referring to them being saved. It probably also refers to them being helped. You know, it doesn't mean that there won't be any martyrs. There will be, but God's going to help them. He's going to be with them at this time. And he's, he's going to be with the whole nation. In fact, if you look at Romans 9, 26, we don't have time to go there. But it, Paul said, and so all Israel will be saved. Now, he's not talking about a spiritual salvation there. He's talking about God delivering Israel as a nation. And so he will deliver them as a nation. He's going to absolutely obliterate Antichrist at the end of the tribulation. He's going to make them wish they never came against Israel. He's going to literally blow them away. And <laughs> we don't have time to look at all that. It's, you know, but... So he, but, but actually that won't happen until they've been through so much persecution that actually it says in here the power of the holy people will be broken. And again, remember now, we're talking about the Jews, okay? So they'll be, it'll look like things are going really good because they have this covenant with who they don't know is Antichrist. He'll break that covenant in the middle of the seven, as we saw in chapter nine, and this last three and a half years, which we'll see here in a minute, uh, you know, is that time of great distress, which we call the Great Tribulation. And, and it's, you know, it's going to be terrible, terrible persecution. But at the end of that, God is going to deal with Antichrist, the Battle of Armageddon. A lot of this is in the book of Revelation. And um, he's going to actually deliver Israel as a whole. There will be Jews who are not saved yet, but who did not take the mark of the beast that will actually go into the millennium, you know, in, in natural bodies. Uh, but there will also be many... Jewish people that do accept Christ and um, they will be delivered. They will be saved, you know, and um, they'll be become, uh, you know, part of uh, God's family. And so, and then look what it says here now. It says, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now, Again, you've got to understand, this is literally hundreds of years, thousands of years, really, before all this takes place. And um, there will be Jewish people who have put their trust in the Messiah, e even under the Old Covenant, that will be resurrected, you know, with, um, with uh, the church. And uh, there will be some that, that, that were probably even uh, uh, martyred that will be resurrected. Now, the whole thing of the shame and everlasting contempt, when we get into the book of Revelation, that resurrection is not till the end of the millennium. So there's actually a thousand years in the middle of that verse. Because the, the unbelieving dead are not resurrected at the coming of Christ. You know, so... Uh, I mean, the Bible's clear on that. And of course, I'm, I would have to go into many verses in the New Testament, you know, to show you that. But um, so it's very common when you get prophecy in the Old Testament. Remember how I showed you the little mountain thing, you know? But there can be great gaps of time sometimes in between statements in the same verse, you know? And this is one of those cases where that's true. And um, so, uh, and of course, you also have 
you know, you have the rapture of the church, which, of course, if there's a Jewish person who's saved, they're part of the church now. So they're already part of it. But, you know, there will be those also who um, uh, receive Christ, you know, during, during the Great Tribulation. And uh, so anyway, but, but we're, you know, all that kind of stuff is, <laughs> I can't cover all that in one night, all right? But Daniel's hearing things here, okay? He's being told things here. I mean, that sounds pretty good for, for um, uh, uh, you know, him to be told here that, that uh, well, first of all, it, it, it's like two things happen at once. One, oh, man, it's going to be great distress, worse than anything that's ever happened. That would go, oh, man, you know, what's going to happen to my people? And then the very next moment he says, but they'll be delivered, you know? And uh, everyone who's written in the, in, the, in the book, and that's another whole concept, too, that I'll just touch on right now, but the Bible talks about the book of life. Well, what is the book of life? It's everybody who has open their heart to Christ or open their heart to the Lord, you know, or, and, and those that, that tr- like in the old covenant would be those that truly had yielded their heart to the Lord and, and were looking to the coming Messiah. You would call them Old Testament saints, you know. So God has a book of life. And um, so, you know, uh, the angel here is very careful. Gabriel's very careful to say the, those that will be delivered, those who are written in the book, you know, the ones who are going to, going to be delivered, and of course he's making reference here to being resurrected, are those that are written in the book. Because many Jews, again, during the time of this great tribulation, will open their heart uh, to Christ, okay? So this is a, you know, this, this whole time here is a very, um, very powerful time, you know, uh, for Israel, okay? And that time is maybe not too far away, you know? And, uh, but it also relates to us because we're the church and this whole church age here, which isn't dealt with much, you know, in the book of Daniel, um, you know, we, we get into things here like, like the uh, rapture of the church, you know, and uh, the, whole, the whole calling of the church. You know, there, there's still, for, for God to end the age of the Gentiles, the church has to complete its job says, this gospel of the, of, the, of the kingdom will be preached in all the nations, and then the end shall come. See, that's our part. That's our job. That's what we're supposed to be doing now is taking the gospel to all the Gentiles. And then God's got one more plan to do with Israel. But right in here, right in this time, you know, the church in Israel, there's some overlapping here. There's a transition time from the church age to when God is going to once again deal finally with Israel. And almost all of that is dealt with in the book of Revelation. So what we're reading here in these few verses is like a, it's like God, it's like the Lord taking, you know, a lot of years and just going, <laughs> just cramming it in in a few short statements, you know. And uh, so anyway, then verse 3, we again learn some important things about what kind of people God is looking for, you know, and what kind of life will have you positioned for you know, to walk through these kind of things with the help of God. And that's, it says here in verse 3, those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. Again, wisdom. Where does wisdom come from? God. Uh, where do we, wh- what's the main source of that wisdom? Well, it's the revelation of the Spirit, but also he's already given us this love letter called the Bible. That's why it's important. Have a daily quiet time. You know, I'm not talking about a legalistic thing. I'm just talking about getting the word in your heart. Because as the, you get the word in your heart, you get wisdom, you know. God will give you revelation the more you, it's like, it's, 
it's almost like, you know, when you go to school, except it's different, when you go to school, like say you go to school to become a, I don't know, whatever. Um, I use myself, an engineer, you know. So over those four years, I gradually learned different things I needed to do to do that job. Now, that's all in the natural. What happens is you walk with Christ and you feed on the Word of God. What happens is God gradually builds in you spiritual strength. He gradually builds in you wisdom and faith. And the whole time, the world's trying to steal that from you. Satan's going to try to steal that from you. He's going to try to, thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. And uh, the Bible says things like, happy is the nation whose God is the Lord. That's why, the, that's why America has been so blessed. Because more than any other modern Gentile nation, we've been a nation whose God is the Lord. So we, you know, the more we grow in wisdom, the more we follow after the Lord, the more good things that happen. You know, and you're also protected because you, you, Paul said of the enemy, we're not ignorant of his devices. You learn prophecy. You learn the ways of God. You know, the, 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 you just, you grow in wisdom, except, except in Christ, it's spiritual. You know, when you learn engineering, that's like a natural thing. But when you grow in Christ through the word of God and the spirit of God, it's a spiritual growth that takes place. And um, also, you know what? It's, it's a day-by-day thing. You just have, how many of you know, no matter what you try to do, you cannot go through engineering school in one month? <laughs> I mean, I was so hungry when I first got saved, I wanted to be Apostle Paul Jr. in one week. It doesn't work that way. I fell flat on my face several times. <laughs> I, I read a Watchman Knee book, and I thought I was a spiritual giant because I read the book. <laughs> Unfortunately, the only thing that happened was I had read a book. <laughs> now, I had got some revelation, but, you know, it's just like when you eat food. How many of you know you don't get this? That food has to work in you. You know, you have to get the strength of that food. You are what you eat. That's true, you know, spiritually. So we want to be people that have wisdom, and that, that, that comes from God. Wisdom is also a corporate thing. The Bible says in 2 Timothy that the church is the pillar and ground of the truth. We can't just gain wisdom alone. We gain wisdom best when we're with God's people and where anointed leaders are also. It's not that they're any better. It's just that they have a call. You know, and uh, they don't do the whole job for you. They're not to feed you everything. You have to learn how to feed yourself because you don't just eat one day a week, you know. But we still, part of wisdom is a corporate thing. And so that's a key there in verse 3. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. Now look at verse, or the middle of the verse here. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. God loves it when we help other people come other people grow in him. He loves that. And he rewards that and he blesses it. You remember the story of the gal who was reading The Purpose Driven Life, um, you know, and she started talking to Brian Nichols down there. And she really, the whole thing that, that she got him with and that touched him the most, he said he was dead, his life was worthless, you know. And she said to him, you know what, Mr. Nichols or whatever she said, you know, it could just be, yeah, you may spend the rest of your life in prison, but if you'll give your heart to God, God could use you in that prison to lead many, many people to know the saving power of Jesus Christ. That's what did it right there. And when you turn many people to righteousness and you live your life to help others, not just only, I mean, God wants to bless you too, but when you live your life to help others, there's something powerful that happens, and God blesses that, you know. So wisdom and uh, helping others, turning others to righteousness, you know, uh, are two things that cause us to shine. And so I, I think the, the Gabriel here talking to Daniel, he was sort of telling him uh, what kind of things would help his people, you know, uh, 
walk in victory. Okay, verse 4, it says, But you, Daniel, shut up the word, seal the book till the time of the end. So really, we're told here that basically the stuff that Daniel's being told is for the time of the end. This is not something that's going to happen in the next hundred years for Daniel. You know, didn't have anything to do with Greece or Persia. We saw some of those other prophecies earlier. This is something at the time of the end. Great tribulation, great distress. But yet, many of his people would be delivered, whoever was written in the book of life. Some would be resurrected to to righteousness. Some would be resurrected to shame and everlasting contempt. You know, so he told Daniel the truth. You know, just because they're a Jew doesn't mean they're automatically going to be saved. They have to be written in the book. You know, they're going to have their opportunity, though, because God's going to really reveal strongly that, that Christ is our Messiah. But anyway, so he says, shut up the book. So that's that whole picture there of how sometimes God uses it in a way that's not just for our own lifetime, but it's going to be for others that follow after us. I'm praying that whatever my kids do, that they'll double whatever I do. You know, the double anointing of Elijah, that they'll go twice as far as I could ever go in God. And so um, then th- this is a great phrase. <laughs> This is one you got to underline because you talk about if ever you doubted that the Bible was true, just underline this phrase and ask yourself what society is like today. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. Now, if that isn't a true statement about what's happening in our world today, I don't know what is. Okay? So many shall run to and fro. I mean, is there, what is the most modern word that you hear every day? Busy. <laughs> busy. <laughs> and, you know, I, mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with being busy. You, you, God's principle of the Sabbath rest is that you need some downtime too. If you're always busy, never have any downtime. It's like somebody said when Jesus, he worked very hard with his disciples. I mean, they would work through meals sometimes and stuff. But Jesus, <laughs> Jesus said, come apart and rest a while. He said that one time to his disciples. Somebody said one time. What he really said was this, come apart or you'll come apart, <laughs> you know? And so uh, nothing wrong with being busy, but you do need some, you know, you do need some, some rest. But, I mean, today, what do you hear so often is that people are busy. So the only thing I would say is just choose how you're busy. Choose how you're busy, you know? Um, we're going to be doing a thing this fall called 40 Days of Purpose, and we're really going to try to help people focus on the eternal purposes of God in their life. So if we're going to be busy, let's be busy about the things that make a difference, you know, that really help us and help others. So, um, you know, I mean, it's like I love sports, you know, and my my little adopted daughter, Ivana, she's a good basketball player, you know. But um, and now she's taking karate with Brother Paul Reed down there and she got um, third in state on forms, you know. But you know what? I'm not. Uh, as much as I think sports is great for kids, I'm not going to let that become a, so big in her life that she gets busy with just that and doesn't ever get busy with the things of God. So, but it's true. One of the biggest things today that people battle with in really coming into what God has for them is they get so busy. Nothing wrong with being busy and working hard. Just make sure you're being busy in the will of God, you know, and, and also busy with the things of God. And uh, so many will run to and fro. Somebody said we are the ADD generation. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's true, you know. And it's like, I mean, they've done it to us on television with all the flashes. You know, it's like if anything gets very boring for 30 seconds, we want it to change, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so um, sometimes the church has to um, come up with creative things for that, you know. And um, that's why, you know, we do things like videos and stuff like that to try to 
illustrate things that we want to illustrate. But anyway, so many will run to and fro, and knowledge will increase. My goodness, isn't that true, that knowledge has exploded in our day? What is it they say, that every 10 years or something like that, or it was every 10 years, knowledge will double, and now they're saying every five years, knowledge will double? Or so, I mean, it just, your mind can't hold all that. And so one of my prayers a lot as I pray, Lord, help me to study what I'm supposed to study, read what I'm supposed to read, do what I'm supposed to do, because there is absolutely no way. I mean, you guys ought to see my bedroom. I have got a stack of magazines and books that each stack is probably a foot and a half high, and I'll bet I have 10 of them. You know, and it's just, I mean, they, that, I mean, I'm getting ready to clean it all out. I'm, it's, it's a, I, just every once in a while I have to clean it out, you know, but I, uh, I just, there was no way I could ever, I get more magazines in my office than I could ever read. So I just pray and I try to let the Holy Ghost guide me, see? And then you know what? I don't worry about the rest. And so that's just the way you have to do it, you know, because there is such a, uh, um, and really what I try to do now in, in, on staff in the church and stuff like that is I just try to find somebody who, who knows more than I do and is even better than I am in a certain area and hire them, you know, because you can't, you can't, you can't do everything, you know, and it's even more that way. Now today you have to, you have to find people that are, can help you. You know, that's why team leadership and team staffs in churches are so important. The most successful churches today are are definitely team, team led churches. Okay, so uh, where was I? That's a, that's a great verse, isn't it, though? Isn't that a great thing? Knowledge will increase people. I, I'll tell you what, that verse alone make me believe the Bible. All right, number five, uh, verse five. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there stood two others. That's two other angels that are there. So, so Gabriel's there, who's the one who's been talking to him here a lot in these chapters. And then there's two other angels, and um, uh, one on this riverbank and, and the other on that riverbank. Uh, and he said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the waters of the river, he was actually in the air. Gabriel was in the air above there. And he, you know, he was just angels fly, you know, <laughs> he was, he was, or actually one translation, I don't know if this is accurate. I haven't looked in the Hebrew. One translation says he straddled the river. Now, wouldn't that be interesting if Gabriel was that big that he could straddle the river? He'd be a big dude, wouldn't he? <laughs> I don't know. It's fun to think about those things, isn't it? And anyway, so these are two other angels here, and you could sort of say he asked the leading question. Uh, I guess the angel came and said, "Well, I'm going to try to help Daniel understand this, so I'm going to ask the right question." And um, and uh, one of those angels said to the man in linen who was above the waters of the river, "How long shall the fulfillment of these wonders be?" And he's talking about. The whole thing of the great distress, the tribulation, uh, you know, the people being delivered and all that. So he's talking about the time of the end. Verse 7, he says, then I, then I heard the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river. When he held up his right hand and his left hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever. So in other words, you got the impression here that what he's going to say, you can count on. He is making some motions and gestures here that you know this is important. And, he's, and it's like, Daniel, you can count on this. Here's the way it's going to be. That it shall be for time, times, and half a time. And that's the whole idea of three and a half years there. Remember back from chapter 9, the sevens and all that. And sometimes they were called, they were, it was a seven-year period of time. Time, times, and half a time. So one seven, two sevens, and half a seven, three and a half sevens. And when the power of the holy people has been completely shattered, 
All these things shall be finished. Now we already looked, if you look back at 11 verse 45, it says he shall come to his end and no one will help him. So it's not only just going to be that the power of the holy people is broken, but also Antichrist is going to be dealt with. We're just not giving the details here. You see more in Revelation. But uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the three and a half years, and of course it really gets tough for Israel when back there in chapter 9 when he breaks his covenant with them. That's when it gets really tough, okay? And, of course, this is the time where it overlaps with the church and we get into when is the rapture and all that, and we'll deal with that in the book of Revelation. But, but I will say this. I don't believe God's going to take the church out of here. Let me say it again. Defeated, uh, you know, carnal, uh, in disunity. That doesn't bring any glory to God to take the church out like that. There are... I, I don't have, you know, I mean, I'm not going to tell, I, I don't know exactly how everything's going to happen in the end times. And even when we get into the book of Revelation, I'll give you some things I feel, but I'm not going to say I know exactly how it's going to happen. But the people that say we could just be pulled out of here in any second, I, I just, I don't think that's, that's biblical. Because God has said he's coming for a bride without spot or blemish or wrinkle. He, he's going to, I guarantee you, we will be here long enough, folks, that God helps us to become the church he wants us to be. But, um, one thing you can know for sure, I think I told you this last time, that in this end of this, and you can check out Revelation a little bit if you want to, but in this, in this great tribulation, there will come a time where the um, uh, trumpets and the bowls will start to be poured out. And that's God's wrath. And uh, we will be out of here at that time. So he will have accomplished in us what he needs to do to get us ready to go by the time that happens. So the hot iron will have all the wrinkles out. <laughs> he will have scrubbed all the spots out. <laughs> Somebody said this, you know, you never really grow till you get uncomfortable. <laughs> and so, you know, I try to grow before I get uncomfortable. But I'm just like you. I tend to get a little lazy sometimes. And I grow best when I'm motivated to grow, you know. And so, I, I mean, uh, I, I believe that, that, um, that uh, I know we're not going to be here because the Bible is clear we're not appointed to wrath. And these are very clearly, as you get in the book of Revelation, these are God's outpouring of wrath. But, um, but so there's some overlap there between the church and Israel. And, um, but anyway, so time, times, and half a time. So Israel will be getting really persecuted there in, um, in verse 7. And then in verse 8, Daniel says this, Although I heard, I did not understand. See, he, he doesn't know everything you and I know. He, did, he didn't know anything about the New Testament age yet. He doesn't, he, he doesn't understand even the trumpets and the bowls I just talked to you about. He didn't know about that because he didn't have the book of Revelation. So he said he didn't understand. That's exactly right. He didn't understand. And, you know, he just knew that, that you know, he was to write this down and seal it up. And somehow God was going to use this. So he was. And um, sometimes we don't fully understand what all God might do through our kids or our friends. Or he, we, we might we might have doubts about how is our life really making a difference. Just follow God and do what the spirit wants you to do. And I'm telling you, it'll work. Because Daniel didn't understand. But aren't you glad we have this book today? You know, so. All right. So um, he says, I did not understand. And then he says, my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? So here he is. He's heard about the holy people being broken. And he's heard about three and a half uh, years, you know, and he's heard all this other stuff. And he says, what shall the end? Of, you know, some things were encouraging. Some things were scary. And so he says, what shall the end of these things be? And then again, the angel tells him, he said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. And um, 
Verse 10, look at this. Many shall be purified, made white, and refined. So God, that, 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 has, a, that has a big reference to what he's doing in the Jewish people. But let me tell you this too. We could apply that just as well to the church because God needs to do some work in the church too. So, um, but that definitely applies to the Jewish people and that'll be one of the things that happens when he turns once again to deal with Israel. And Satan is going to be doing everything he can. I mean, he already, we know he hates the church, but he hates Israel. He's going to be persecuting him through Antichrist who's possessed by Satan and is as close as you can come to being Satan in the flesh as possible, but he is a man but he's totally, fully possessed by the devil himself. Most people, I mean, you can't say anybody on the face of the earth today is really possessed by the devil himself, possessed by demons. But this will be the first man that has been totally, you know, possessed and controlled by Satan himself. That's why it'll be so, so uh, bad. But many shall be purified, made white, and refined. So, so there again, it's back to character letting Christ work in our hearts, and there'll be a lot of the Jews that will really be dealt with, and, and they'll, they'll understand that Christ is their Messiah, and they'll turn their hearts to him. And then it says, but the wicked shall do wickedly. There's going to be a lot of Gentiles still around. There will even be unbelieving Jews that don't yield their heart to Christ, but the wicked will do wickedly. And so, you know, you've heard the poor you will always have with you. Let me tell you, in the end times, the wicked you will always have with you too. You know, everybody's not going to get saved. God wishes they would, but they just, you know, because he's given us free will and free choice. Some will choose to stay wicked. And it says, none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise, there it is again, the wise, those that are listening to God, those that are, you know, looking to his word, those that are listening to what, you know, God's doing, opening their hearts to him, they'll understand what's going on. And as we walk into this time, you know, there was, there's probably no way even in the first coming of Christ, that you could know exactly what all the prophecies fully meant. Because, for instance, there was the one where it said, like, out of Egypt I've called my son. Well, how would you know that, that Joseph would go down to Egypt being warned by God in a dream to protect, you know, Jesus from being murdered? How would, how would you be able to figure that before it happened? So, you see, we can't just know everything just by, you know, what's in the Bible. We get, we get the overall vision, but then we need the Spirit to then help us when we're actually in the middle of it, okay? And, um, for instance, Anna and Simeon were the two that walked into the temple right after Jesus was born. And it says, um, Simeon picked him up and said, I can now depart in peace, for I've seen the salvation of Israel. Now, how did he know that? <laughs> well, he may have, he may have saw, seen the star along with a wise man, or he may have, may have, you know, kind of figured out what was going on in Bethlehem, but I'll guarantee you there was an element of the Holy Spirit there. Not just because he had a road map, but he also had a personal guide. It says he came into the temple by the Spirit. Okay? And so, uh, you know, some of these things, even though God gives us the overall picture, to be in the right place at the right time, you still need to walk close to Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you, you know? And so, uh, anyway, um, uh, and, that, and of course, in the middle of that, what happens is, you know, God... God purifies them and touches them, and, and I believe God's going to be doing that same kind of work in the church. And the wicked won't understand what's going on. You know, it's just like in Noah's day. Noah preached for 120 years. They just didn't listen. Well, there will be those that listen. Those that listen will become wise, and they'll understand. But there will be wicked, wicked people that just choose not to repent, and they won't understand. They just won't understand. The only way you can really understand what God's going to do is if you open your heart to him because it's spiritual revelation. 
It's not just mental book learning. It's spiritual revelation that has to take place in the heart. So the wise will understand, but the wicked won't know what's going on. Verse 11. Now here, here we get into some interesting specific things. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away. So we're talking about the time of the end. So there's no question again we see here that the daily sacrifice has been reinstituted. Okay, now exactly what the, a rebuilt temple might look like or where all this is going to take place, I don't know. But I can tell you this, somehow in the Jewish nation, there will have been a restoration of the daily sacrifice. That's a key thing we can watch and we can look for, okay, and, and see what's happening in that area. And there is, there is uh, especially some of the more orthodox Jews in Israel, they, they want to rebuild the temple. They want to go back to b- biblical old covenant ways. Because that's where they think they live. They think they're still waiting for the Messiah. And somehow they will have reinstituted this. All right? So that, that, that will be reinstituted, and then it's going to be taken away by the, by the ruler who is to come, who's Antichrist, and the abomination of desolation. So he's going to desecrate whatever kind of temple there is or whatever that has been rebuilt or whatever's been done. Okay, from that time, there shall be 1,290 days. So... We know that three and a half years, these are Jewish years, okay? It's 360-day years. Well, well three, and a, three and a half of those is 1,260 days, okay? And so Daniel is told here that it's going to be 1,290 days, which is 30 more days, okay, plus 30, from the time that the abomination that causes desolation is, occurs in the temple, okay, from that time. Uh, until the coming of Christ. So probably what this means is that 30 days before Daniel's midweek, in other words, here's where he breaks the covenant. That's back in chapter 9. Okay, probably 30 days before that happens is when the abomination that causes desolation. Okay, so 30 days before he breaks the covenant, he does that. And uh, so what I just want you to see here, and remember the angel had raised both hands up. What I just want you to see here is that God can get very specific when he wants to. And we saw that in chapter 9. This from the, when he started talking, you know, we, we know this date from history. And 49 years after that, you know, okay, when they returned from captivity, 49 years later is when the rebuilding of Jerusalem was completed. And... 62 sevens, 434 Jewish years, is, works it out right at A.D. 32 when Jesus was crucified. And um, some of these guys that really dig into this, they've got it worked out to the exact month and day. Now, I don't know if they're exactly right. I mean, the year is close enough for me, <laughs> you know. But, uh, I mean, that's how accurate the prophecy was in Daniel 9. And so I can guarantee you this is exactly the way it's going to happen. There's no doubt about it, you know, that there'll be 1,290 days. Then it goes on and says, you know, the only thing we don't know is exactly how long this is. That's where we are in a prophetic just waiting mode. You know, we just, I mean, we, I, we, we, can, see, we can see what's happened in the Gentile powers from the statue, can't we? All, you know, the gold, the silver, the bronze, the iron, and then the, then the iron and how it's uh, brittle and, and the, you know, the... Uh, the cracked feet, and we see that right now among the Gentile powers. Nothing is sticking together. Everybody's arguing, but, but there is going to rise a ruler out of 
that old Roman area, which is what? Europe. It's in the Middle East, in that area right there. That's where Antichrist is going to be raised up from. That's where God's plan is going to... I mean, I'll guarantee you, Jesus is not coming back and setting down his feet on the United Nations. <laughs> He's coming to Jerusalem. Okay? And so... Um, but, you know, now we could say the 30 days is after that, but that doesn't make much sense to me. You know, I think the 30 days, you know, is probably before he breaks the covenant. Then it goes on here and says, Blessed is he who waits and comes to the 1,335 days. So if you take that number and write that down, 1,335 days, that's plus 45 more. And so basically... I think what, what, that's prob those 45 days are probably here, right, after the Great Tribulation. And when he says, blessed, you know, are you when you come to the, that, that 45 days after Christ has come is when everything has finally ended and settled down. It's like when Jesus comes, I mean, there's that whole battle of Armageddon. And, you know, it says he comes out of heaven riding on a white horse. And there's a sharp two-edged sword coming out of his mouth. And, I mean, it's pretty awesome when you get into the book of Revelation on that. In fact, it's really awesome. <laughs> but so what he's kind of saying here is, hey, okay, at the end of the 1,335 days, 45 days later, you made it through, you know. And so there will be, there will be some, uh, uh, you know, different people in the nation of Israel that will be in different spiritual places. But, but if any of them, like, just like a Gentile, if they, were to, if they take the mark of the beast during that time or if they you know, themselves turn against Christ, yeah, God is going to save the nation of Israel. And he's going to do some things in Israel, and Israel will be where he reigns from in the millennium. Christ will rule and reign on earth from Jerusalem. So in that sense, all Israel will be saved as a nation because that, that was his chosen nation. He has, he's not done with it. He's going to restore it. And, uh, of course, all the Gentiles will be part of the church and part of his people, you know. And um, if, you were to, if you were to die tomorrow, you'd be, you'd be resurrected at the rapture and you're going to be in a spiritual body during the, during the millennium, you know. So you'll be there. <laughs> Either way, you'll be there, you know. But uh, he's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem. For a thousand years, you know, and and there will be people that did not take the mark, mark of the beast, you know, that will go into the millennium in natural bodies. And so this application could have could be applied to a Jew who who who, you know, maybe they're trying to figure out what's going on. Man, is Jesus really my savior? You know, and and, and maybe they don't accept Christ, but yet they don't they don't bow. I mean, there's not going to be any Jew when he breaks the covenant with them. There's not going to be any Jew that likes him. And so there'll be um, probably, I'd say, the majority of them, you know, that won't be too interested in taking his mark. And so how that plays out, you know, we just, I guess we have to wait and see. <laughs> but, but we can learn some things, you know. So, but I, the thing I think that's so cool about this is how specific, how specific God gets in some of these prophecies. He said, okay, 1260 days, three and a half years, 30 days, you know, okay, 30 days, 45 days, you know, I mean, he's just, he's making it very specific. So it's cool, isn't it? And uh, so, again, the whole book of Daniel dealing primarily with the Jewish nation, but yet there's some powerful lessons we can learn. And, of course, a lot of this, you know, and how the church age ends and intermingles in here, that a lot of that is what the book of Revelation deals with. So, all right, let me see here if there's anything else I need to say. Um, probably not. I think I've said everything 
that I need to say. But uh, a lot of powerful lessons in there. But, but keep in mind, you know, just as Daniel was given this revelation, it was for, wasn't just for him, it was people after him. Keep in mind that as God, I mean, you and I could be alive. I, I think there's a good chance, at least a possibility, you know, that you and I could actually be alive when we come into this time. But even if we're not, how many of you know we can help prepare the ones after us, you know, to be good Christians when, if they come into it? So, all right. Guess what? I think I've covered it. <laughs> Anybody have questions? Questions? Yes, ma'am. The tapes and CDs. Yeah, I, we, we actually, we have them all. So I'm going to figure out, uh, I probably will do something like put them together kind of like in a package, you know, and uh, I'll do probably both CD and cassettes. And um, uh, so, yeah, I, I'll get something in the bulletin on it. And so, and if you want to just order one, I could probably work that out too. If you want the whole thing, I'll come up with something. So, uh, no, that'd be cheap. I, I, I like to get the word out, so we'll make them reasonable. Yeah, Don. The 30 days, and again, I can't absolutely prove this, but this is just what I think it could be, okay, is I think the 30 days, when he breaks, when he commits the uh, abomination that causes desolation and he walks in the temple and he desecrates the temple, and you can pick up a little bit of that at the end of chapter 11 where, where he's fighting other people in the area and, and, and he just turns on Israel. And I think he goes in their temple and he desecrates the temple and, and actually it says he kind of sets up camp there. And then I think officially, say like 30 days later, he breaks his covenant with Israel and he says, okay, I'm no longer your great protector. They shouldn't have been looking to him anyway. They should have been looking to God. But, uh, and then the 45 days after that is, is, is cleanup time. <laughs> that clean up the mess time. <laughs> you know, there's some, there is some statements in the book of Revelation that just blow your mind when you read about the blood up to the horse's bridles and stuff. I mean, it's just, you know, it's wild. But uh, so Revelation expands things <laughs> from Daniel. Any other questions? Last question. Yeah, Mary Jane? Yes. Is that chapter 7 or is that chapter 14? 14, yeah. Yeah, that has to do with the, um, uh, the group of, yeah, the Jewish witnesses. God's going to raise up a group of people out of Israel to be his witnesses, and that has to do with that. And there, there's several things we'll look at in the book of Revelation, like, oh, yeah, those, those are real people. Now, you know, if you, if you ever study Jewish weddings, they would have this thing where the way Jewish weddings would happen is they would come, out, the, the bride and the bridegroom, you know, the, the bride's party would go out of her house and meet the coming bridegroom, and then they would come back together as a united party to the wedding. And so when the church is raptured in here, wherever that happens, you know, the Bible says we'll, we'll meet him in the air, you know. And I believe, of course, then you get into all kinds of things about the marriage supper of the Lamb and all this stuff. But also it's, it, that you have a picture here of, of, of the marriage, you know, between the bride and the bridegroom, the church and Jesus, where we'll never be separate again. But it's a whole idea of us coming back with him, you know. So there's that whole picture, too. And... Uh, but, you know, that's, that's all. Uh, 
yeah, I'm, I'm going to do. Either I'm going to do it. Um, uh, we are doing, like I said, this, this fall we're going to do a, a thing called 40 Days of Purpose where we really are going to do everything we can. The whole idea of it, it's a spiritual growth thing that we want, we want to really try to bring people up higher in their spiritual life. So, so I mean, one, one good reason is so you can be ready for whatever happens in the years ahead. But more than that, just to be everything God wants you to be. Even if we don't live in the final generation, we're close enough, you know. But uh, so whether I'll teach it during that time or wait till right after, we're going to do that in like, like um, uh, kind of early October. So, but I will, the very, the next study I will do, you can know this for sure, the next study I do will be Revelation, okay. And um, I've prayed about that and felt like that, that um, that's what I'll do. So praying about what now? Well, yeah, and then, and of course, you know, there's a lot of things happening in China, too. And there's just a lot of things that are happening. There's a, and, you know, some of that gets touched on in the book. I mean, and when you look at chapter 11, it talks about armies from the north, armies from the south, you know. I mean, the whole world is getting crazy, you know. And so exactly who's going to do what is probably a little hard to predict, you know, but I mean, one thing I can definitely say is I want to see America stay as Christian for as long as we possibly can, even all the way to the very end. You know, even if even if it even if somehow that whole one world system, you know, kind of overwhelms America. I'll tell you what, I mean, I'd rather I'd rather have my freedom and and have uh, money to preach the gospel and have God's prosperity and everything. I'll take that as long as I can get it. <laughs> so, you know, that's where uh one of the verses I'll quote tomorrow night is happy is the nation whose God is the Lord, you know? So any other questions? Any other questions? You have been a good group, a really good group. And I, I believe that it'll, it'll pay off in your life. You know, whenever you invest in the word of God, it has ways, the Holy Spirit, it's a, it's, there's a verse that says the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance, you know, those things that I've spoken, Jesus said. And so uh, I believe God will use it to help you. Hallelujah. Bless your people tonight, Lord. Give them a great night's sleep and a great week. And let, let the word we've shared, Father, I pray, just um, work in each of us according to your will. Bear much fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great night. We'll see you next time around. <laughs>